Oh, we are on the last episode of this tiny little in-season series, which addresses the top 10 questions asked in 2018 from over 5,000 entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs out there. I'm sure you've heard it before if you're listening chronologically. I'm Jordy. you're listening to Create and Destroy, and this is the last part. So, pens out, this one here is all about design. So, let's get into it. So the last question that I get asked all the time, and this one here is is very directed at design. And so the answer is going to come from really from designer Jordan, not business Jordan. So, well, no, I I must admit it's it's going to be a balance of both. So the question is is really simple. It's, Jordy, what makes a good brand? I've seen that you've done work for heaps of companies, big and small all around the world, and you've done branding, logos, identity, all sorts of stuff. What makes a good brand? And I'm, you know, I'm just starting out. I'm, I'm doing my new little business, and I need a logo. What makes a logo good? What makes one bad? And so the answer is not that simple, but I've broken it down into a thing called the MVB. Anybody who's a startup enthusiast out there, or or knows anything about startups, knows that there's a thing called the MVP, which is the minimum viable product, and that's just the easiest way to test your riskiest assumptions, most likely. And so if we steal that same, I guess, mentality and we call it a minimum viable brand, this is the absolute minimum I think that you need to do to set yourself up with a good brand. And let me just break it down for you. What you're going to need is a good name, a good logo, a bunch of colors, um, a couple fonts to use. And the last one, the magic thing is creating some tone of voice or creating tone around your brand. So let's break it down. I've seen too many businesses doing great things, just not be able to get it going purely because their name sucks. Their name might be way too long or funky spelling or something that is just too hard for the consumer to remember, spell, Google, or or understand. So I like to I like to help people with namings, with naming their 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 companies and their business. And I always try to make sure that it's one or two words. That's it. And it might explain exactly what you do as a business or it just might be a cool word. That's cool too, right? So you are in control in the meaning that goes behind the name. If you think about Google and Uber, we know that there's, you know, names, there's, there's reasons behind those names. But before we started using Uber as a daily word, nobody was saying Uber. No one at all. Same with Google. Nobody was using the word Google before Google used it. And now they've created their own brand. So make sure the name is short and snappy. It's right to the point. It's kind of clean. And visually, when you look at the word, it's strong and it's, it's appealing to the eye. Now, that's going to that's gonna dictate what your, your logo is going to look like. And so I always like to build logos with, I guess, three variations. The one or the hero logo is all of the variations together. This might be an icon, so a really simple little drawing. So if you think about Nike, Nike has the swoosh or the tick. Then the word Nike, 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 I never remember how to say it. And then they have the tagline, just do it. So if you're going to see it all together, which you very rarely do, you'll see the swoosh, Nike, and just do it. So that's the whole brand. They've now separated it because they're such a strong brand that they can use any three of those things 
independently of one another and it's and it's you're going to know straight away it's Nike. So version number one is going to be an icon, the name, and the tagline. This might be a swoosh, Nike, and just do it. Version number two, you're going to ditch the tagline. You're just going to have the icon and the name. And version number three, you're going to have just the icon. And actually, I lie. There's a fourth. You'll have just the name too. So there's four variations. My my mistake there. Sorry, guys. So they're the, the same logo broken apart into four different ways that you can use it. Now you choose when to use it and, and in what usage you want to use just the icon and just the name or the whole thing. So the whole thing will most likely be on official forms or letterheads and that sort of stuff. In a, if you're thinking about it in a traditional way, um, the icon needs to be strong enough to be a, an, a, literally an icon for an app, right? That might just be the, the tick or it might be just the word depending on the length of your word. If it's a simple three or four letter word, you could just use the word as the, as the icon. Um, but most likely, it will most likely be a little bit longer. So you want to make sure there's a strong identifiable shape, which is your icon. And they need to be represented in a few colors that reflect what you do. So if you think about Nike, it's always black, white, red, or that lime green. That's a very strong athletic kind of colors. Now there's variations all the time, you know that, but when you think of Nike, that's what comes to my head. It's black, it's white, really strong. There's that pop of you know tennis ball green or that strong red color. That there is their four colors. So you need to choose what your four colors are. If you're a if you're a mountain bike company, you're most likely going to want to have some browns, some greens, um, some nice whites in there to nice be nice and clean and contrast mountain biking, quite a traditionally dirty kind of sport. Um, and you might chuck some dark brown or black in there to, to be a stronger brown color. Now, if you're a surf school, you're probably going to have some blue in there, aren't you? Blue, white, turquoise, because you want to make sure that when the customer looks at your logo, it reflects the, the feelings that they get from interacting with your product. Now, that's might be too many colors for you too. I've done countless brands that are only black and white. And then the complementary imagery that we layer this logo over, so namely graphics or photos, they there, they will then create rather the feeling that you need. The logo will stay in a white or a black, depending if it's a light or dark image. Now, font choice is is always up for debate and it's it's the bane of every designer's existence. I, I traditionally kind of find fonts that I like the look of and then rip them apart and, and try to make them my own. Um, but that's only if you're a designer, right? So if you're just out there and you've got no money for a designer, I highly recommend just picking one heading font. Please don't let it be Comic Sans or something revolting or something that's just disgusting. Make sure it's a strong strong heading font and a nice light complementary font that you can use for the tagline and then for the bodies of any times that you're writing. Now you should always be looking at Google web fonts because it will make your life a lot easier when you, you, you need to transfer your brand onto a website. 
Um, you can use Adobe Type Kit. You can use a whole bunch of different online uh, font houses or foundries. Um, but that's that's what you should be looking at. Now, all of those four things, the logo, the name, the color, and the font, they already add up to creating some sort of flavor and tone of voice for your brand. But the final thing that you should be doing here is, is working on some creative copy. So the tone of voice is literally the voice in which you write about your brand, you explain your brand, and the way that you, can, you convey your message. So if you want to be a fun, edgy brand, then you need to write in a fun, edgy way. If you're an academic researcher that's very technical, you might want to explore simplifying the language so everybody could understand it without dumbing it down too much to discredit the hard work that you've done. On the other side of the fence, you might want to take a tongue-in-cheek, I guess, pathway. And if you're, if you're a at-home uh, kids performer for birthday parties, say, maybe you want to write in an intentionally kind of stern kind of way which kind of pulls the piss out of yourself. That might be a tactic that you want to explore. Now, this is all going to be trial and error. That might be completely wrong too, but you want to write some copy, chuck it down on a dummy piece of marketing material and chuck it in front of some people and just see how they react. Now, this isn't crazy research. You don't need to go too far into it, but you just need to slap something together to put it in front of people that aren't in the triple F and the triple F that I refer to quite a lot is friends, families, and fools. You want to put this stuff in front of people that you don't know and if, if you can, not fools, just a potential real customer and then ask them, hey, what do you think about this? How much would you, would be, would you be willing to charge for something like this? And if the answer and the consensus is that they, they're not going to pay the amount that you need to charge for it, then maybe you need to look at redesigning it in a more expensive or classy or classic or clean looking way that will imply a higher value. Now, we all know that brands out there with high brand value can in return demand high prices for their goods. We know that luxury brands like Chanel and Balenciaga and Louis Vuitton that create handbags with their logos on it their bags, sure, they're made out of beautiful leathers and all these sorts of things, but they're not, they're not exponentially more expensive than a lesser name brand. I think we can all agree that we're buying the brand sometimes more than the actual product, and that's totally fine. That's the sign of a very strong brand, and I, I'm going to encourage you to try to do that for yourself and create value and create a damn good product. And a damn good product then needs to have a damn good brand. So before you can can go to a, an amazing design studio and um, reach out to me if you're in the position to 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 work with a studio and I can re recommend a whole bunch around Melbourne and Australia that are doing amazing things. But before you're into that that uh that area and you want to give it a crack yourself, there's two things you can do. You can go the short path, which is going to be go onto canva.com or that sort of website find some templates and, and find one that looks like you and adapt it just enough to make it your own. Now that's the short way. The long way, and this is how I got into design, was go onto YouTube, download Adobe, uh, Photoshop or Illustrator and just start practicing. 
if you want to learn one skill, I, I always encourage people to learn a little bit about design and, and to learn how to visually communicate their ideas because it makes life a lot easier in the long run. Um, but that's pretty much what you want to do. So just to round it out, you need to create an MVB, minimum viable brand. You need to make sure your name is short and snappy. You've got a couple variations of the logo and icon. It's, it's, you've thought about where it's going to be used and you're going to make sure that it can be used both digitally and physically. You're going to pick out a couple colors that you're going to stay true to. You're going to make sure that the fonts that you use, you've got two that you use all the time, a nice clean and light font for your, the bodies and the paragraphs and the tagline and a strong font, which will most likely be for headings and it might, might also be your logos font too. Then this is the hard one. You're going to develop a tone of voice and this is the way you're going to talk about your brand and the, and the way that your mar marketing materials are going to read. But overall, I just want you to remember they just keep it simple. When you start overcomplicating things, that's where it gets messy, really messy and your message will get confused. And so to make something simple is really hard. So just keep practicing and keep um, looking for inspiration from other brands out there that you love. And I can guarantee that the brands that you love, their brand's going to be nice and simple and it's not going to be too complicated. And that's where the complexity starts. So good luck to all you new designers out there and budding entrepreneurs that are going to give it a crack yourself. Um, if not, I'm sure you'll be able to find designers all around the place to, to help you create your dream. Just remember when you're working with designers, you get what you pay for and, um, don't piss them off. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. This was part 10 of the 10-part series of the top questions asked in 2018 by all entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs all around Australia. If you were one of the 5,000 crew plus that we met with this year, I just want to thank you for listening to us and trusting us with our, with our guidance. And um, I'm immensely kind of grateful for the opportunity to be able to speak to you. Um, and if you're tuning in and we haven't met before, I'm pumped that you're listening and hopefully I'm creating some value for you and you learn a little bit. As always, if anything um, doesn't quite make sense, feel free to reach out to me on um, jordanjan.com or at jordanjan on Instagram. That's probably going to be the easiest. You can email me too. We can organize a time to hang out and, and meet up, especially if you're in, in Melbourne, Australia. Um, but I'm always around the place, so I'm always happy to, to meet meet with crew so that's that thanks for listening guys this is create and destroy i'm jordan jan i hope you're having a rad day out there you